You're listening to Blind Entrepreneurship, an interview series podcast that highlights the stories of the top business professionals around the world. In each episode, we explore how entrepreneurs overcame blindness in business in order to execute their vision. podcast is brought to you by Penji. I'm your host, Jonathan Grzbowski, and today we have Stacey Brown right now on the show. She's a member of the Business Failure Club, and for the longest time, I too thought that I was probably the CEO of the Business Failure Club, so it's always nice to, to hear that uh, there are other members besides myself, and I'm sure yourself as well. Uh, she's a contrarian on how to generate referral and, and a supporter of the entrepreneurial dream. Through her program, she provides a roadmap to take control of your business. Stacy is a three-time entrepreneur, author of Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, and host of the Roadmap to Grow Your Business podcast. Stacy has taught her no-asking referral generation strategy to hundreds and hundreds of clients and audiences, and some of her clients include well-known corporations like fran- and franchises like ben- uh, Bank of America, Liberty Mutual, Mass Mutual, and so much more. The term asking for a lead is something we have all probably heard before or even said before. And the the term specifically is asking for a referral. And Stacy is very strong on the idea of not having to necessarily say or use that vernacular of ask, but more so building it into our lives and sales strategies. One of the more interesting parts of the conversation was if someone were to ask you how you're doing, it's the perfect time to simply respond with a generalized phrase by saying, business is amazing. I'm having an incredible time getting referrals from my closest friends. And I'm honestly butchering the exact quote, but stay tuned to hear the full story because I think I think it's an interesting take. It's a unique take, com- completely different. Um, but I think it's so good to be able to hear a unique and fresh approach. A large majority of this conversation is spent talking about referrals, so if you're currently struggling with getting referrals, I think this is the absolute best podcast for you. Check it out. Today's episode is sponsored by Penji. Are you in charge of marketing for your business and need graphic design support? Let Penji design anything you need for your business, from a logo to your marketing materials, sales sheets, social media content, and so much more. Penji helps you achieve more with unlimited graphic design support, daily output, and a dedicated project manager, all at one flat monthly rate. We have an exclusive offer to the Blind Entrepreneur community. Head over to Penji.co and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month. Again, that's Penji.co, P-E-N-J-I.co, and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month of Penji. And now, let's get to today's episode. Stacy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Jonathan. No, absolutely. It's, it's an honor. Uh, I've been, uh, actually, once we got the email and we started talking, I started to do my research and started reading and listening to your shows. Um, so I'm really excited to be able to, and now as a fan, to actually listen. Um, it's good to be able to pick your brain, so it's an absolute honor to have you. Well, I am open to anything you want to know, so let's dive in. Yes. All right, cool. So first question of the day, after doing research and finding out a little bit more about just who you are as a person, I've seen that not only are you an incredible business professional, but also you're an incredible parent. Um, So is it it true that what I believe based off of my research that you have an absolutely incredible family? Um, you know, that is, well, first, I'm really pleased. I have to say that in your research, it actually could be revealed that I'm a good parent because I don't always feel that way. Um, but yes, we do have an incredible family. And, you know, the, the goal is at the end of every day, just to make sure everyone is still alive. And okay. we have accomplished that goal every day. So we, my husband and I, we have three kids, two biological, um, Jacob and Mackenzie, they are 11 and nine. And then we have, we took uh, custody. Um, we like to say we acquired our third, our nephew. We took custody of him about four years ago. And that is Danny, our nephew. And he is 11 as well, just like my son, but he'll turn 12 in a, a couple months. 
Very cool. That's all. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, I saw some pictures of of just you and and the family, uh, two third. Well, I guess two fourth graders now, or maybe even fifth graders, and then sixth, sixth graders. So they're growing up that much. Middle school. I'm so old. <laughs> uh, I mean, the fact that you're able to provide that balance, I think, is incredibly incredibly inspiring. And and your time management has to be absolutely impeccable. You know, it's interesting. It is, but I used to be a productivity coach. So I sometimes feel like I have an unfair advantage. I think being organized kind of came naturally to me. I think it's one of the gifts that God gave me. Maybe not so much math as much as he did organization and communication. But so I do think some of that comes naturally to me. And then I was a certified productivity coach for a number of years. And so you kind of have to walk your talk when you're doing that. And so that really helped. And I'm lucky enough to have a great tribe of supportive people. I mean, obviously my husband, but then just, you know, we have both his mom and my mom are somewhat close by. We have a great tribe and we certainly, we, we try not to make it look too easy because it's not. And at, at the same time, it's happening um, behind the scenes because there's a lot of moving pieces and parts and a lot of great people who help us, you know, raise our kids, which is pretty awesome. But yes, the boys are going into sixth grade and my daughter um, is going into fourth grade. So they're somewhat more self-sufficient than they've ever been before. Like they do chores now and do their own laundry, which is fantastic, but obviously they're not driving yet. So they still need us. There you go. I think that's actually a very good segue to a large portion of the conversation that we're going to be talking about, um, which is generating referrals without asking. And um, you talked about organization and I'm going to segue into an article that I read or uh, in a podcast that you've, um, that you've recorded, which is the six ways to Marie Kondo your referrals. And I thought it was a really interesting approach. Again, going back to the organizational practices and, and um, that you've, I'm sure, preached. Uh, but I would love to hear your approach to just referrals, um, how to get them, the whole nine. You know, it, that was such a fun article to, I mean, actually it was a podcast episode, but yeah, it was such a fun one to do research on um, because I do, I think that um, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Marie Kondo only because I don't watch a lot of her shows, but I think that that whole idea of, you know what, the idea of how we get referrals can actually be put into a process. Mm-hmm. And then we just need to work the process. And that's what I try to teach. Like when I'm, you know, talking on stages or through my podcast or even, you know, obviously, of course, to my students, but when I'm having conversations around referrals and the way that I teach it, because I am a contrarian to like 99% of the people out there and how they teach referrals, I teach it completely different. Um, still same level of success. It's just a different way to look at it. And it really works for people. And it's that idea that you can generate referrals without asking for them, without paying for them, without incentivizing for them. And of course, without feeling like you're being overly promotional or gimmicky. And I think the idea that I always try to tell people, particularly when I'm talking to like my business owners, you know, small business owners, solopreneurs that are wearing lots of hat or those that are in sales roles, they're sales professionals and they're trying to juggle a lot as well, is that there's a system and a process to be able to generate referrals no matter how you do it, whether you're going to ask, whether you're going to offer incentives or whether you're gonna do it my way and not ask and not pay, there's still a system behind it and there's still a process behind it. And once you can understand how the pieces fit together, it makes it not so much work. And I think that's a question people always ask me like, oh, this feels like one more thing I have to do. This feels like you know more work to do. And I'm like, it's like anything else, right? It's like once you get into that rhythm and once you get into that, um, the system of it, it is, it is not that much work. And the way I teach it, if you're doing something every week or every month, you're not doing it right. You shouldn't be doing it that often. So I always tell folks, it's a process, it's a system. It's just a different way of looking at how we're going to head going moving forward with our ability to generate referrals. And that was the fun thing about episode 57 on my podcast with Marie Kondo, your referrals um, is just reminding people like, we just got to get this to a process and then you'll be able to do it as long as of course, which I'm a big believer in, you have to be willing to do some work if you're going to want to see any results. Yeah. I mean, not to give away all of the secret sauce because we won't always want to pay respect to the people who, uh, partake in and respect the journey that you've been creating, but would love to hear a little bit more about 
what a foundational process could look like and then how then from that point in time, how can we then amplify that and grow it into and scale it essentially? So the basic way that you boil this down to make it easy for you to really wrap your arms around. So if you've got, you know, let's, let's just talk to your listener right now who's maybe commuting, right? They're on the train headed into work when they're listening to this, or maybe they are cutting their grass or they're out at the gym working. Like, I want you to think about this in three main pieces. You have to understand and you have to do a little bit of work around. And then once you have those three pieces, there are obviously are other specific parts and pieces to this that matter that kind of make it all work together. But it really boils down to these three main things. The first one is you need to know who your referral sources are. That truly is a critical part of the process. It's kind of an annoying part because it means you have to do some research within your business, but you need to be able to identify who your referral sources are. And I'll walk you through exactly how to do that because I really believe that even though how to define or how to like identify who our referral sources are is part of my program, it's the one piece I'm like, no, I'm going to tell you how to do it because I know if you'll get to this point, then you probably will know, should I move forward or not? So I want to walk through kind of in detail what it looks like to identify our referral sources. But before I do that, let me give a small disclaimer. And that is, this will be work. There is nothing about this that will be simple um, unless you have immaculate data, um, unless you've been keeping immaculate research or data in your business for many, many years. So for some people, this is not so difficult. For others, it is. There's a little bit of work involved, but that's okay. But here's my promise to you. If you do it and you do it correctly and you do it right, you don't ever have to do this step again. But it is the first step. And so it's identifying who our referral sources are. So the best way to do that is to look at your current list of clients. Now, if you're new in business and maybe you don't have a ton of clients, you're still gonna look back at the clients you do have. If you want a gold star in this, you'll also look back at the prospects that you at some point had a conversation with because they were interested in your business, but maybe they didn't become a client. But the easiest way to do this is just to look back at your list of clients. If you've been in business a number of years, my goal is for you to go back three or four years, but definitely two. You have to go back two years if you have data for two years. And then if you have more than that, then of course I want three, four, I want as many years as you'll go back. Going back to like the 1990s or the early 2000s is not really necessary. I'm not asking you to go back that far, but I do need a few years of data and I just need you to pull a list of your clients. And once you've pulled a list of your clients, the one piece of information I want you to find on them is how do they find out about you? Like how do they first learn about your business that led them on the journey, right? Did they make the decision to hire you to do, you know, to work with you, to buy your product or your service? For some cases, you may have this in a CRM, a client relationship management tool, some type of database. Maybe it's on your computer, maybe it's in the cloud and you log into it every day. And it's where you capture this information. If you have a CRM, that's awesome because you're probably gonna have to hit a couple buttons and it'll spit out a report for you. If you've actually been capturing not just the client name, but where the client came from. Mm -hmm. So it's that idea of knowing, okay, so I'm just gonna use some names we've been using already, right? So Marie Kondo is my client, but she was referred to me by Jonathan, mm -hmm. right? So it's knowing that, okay, so Jonathan is one of my referral sources. Now, when you pull a list of clients, obviously not all your clients are referred to you. So you'll have that, oh, I met them at a networking event or they answered a direct mail piece or they happened to answer the phone when I cold called them, which almost never happens, but it does, right? Or they um, found me through a Google search and filled out the contact information on my website. Whatever it is, it came through a Facebook ad. You'll have sources or you should have sources of where your clients came from. And so, and I would say that if you're sitting there thinking right now, oh no, I know I don't have that information. I know I don't capture that information. First of all, let me say that's okay. But I believe that once you have the knowledge, your responsibility begins. So now that you know you should be tracking this, if you haven't, just start tracking it. Start tracking when a new client walks through the door or a prospect walks through the door, right? And they're like, hey, maybe I want to work with you. Find out how they found out about you and start tracking that information. Yeah, I, I, incredibly important. I, I think to start, you mentioned something about a, a CRM, uh, looking at your CRM, but like, I, I think in the very early beginnings of, of our journey at Penji, we had a hard time doing that. And we asked those questions 
but then we had we had the data, but we didn't know how to necessarily look at the data. <laughs> so what are some things that you've seen in order to just, I guess, better assess and look at the data? Do you use spreadsheets? Um, like how how is this data that you record the data, how are you then able to analyze it and to make a decision based off of that? Oh, I think that's such a great question. It's funny. I was with a group of attorneys up in Maryland last week when I was up giving a couple of speaking speaking engagements and presentations. And I, when I finished my presentation, one of the attorneys raised his hand and he goes, he goes, I've been, I have all this data. He goes, I've never known what to do with it. So thank you. <laughs> it's like having the data is one thing and I want you to have it, but to your point, Jonathan, I want you to know what to do with it. So I always find that going through this step one of the process of identifying your referral sources, it's kind of the end goal of why we're doing this, but so much good information will come to your about your business to you that you can actually then use to make better decisions. So when you think about looking at where did all my clients over the last three years come from? Yes, I want, I'm wanting you to do it because I want you to go in and identify those clients who were referred by another human because a referral source is always a human. If it came through, you know, a third party, that's a lead, right? And maybe you're paying for that lead. It's not a referral, right? A, a random company cannot refer you. A human at that company can refer you. But so I want you going through and identifying who are my referral sources because I want to know the human's names because we're going to do something with that list in just a minute when I get to, you know, the second big piece of this. But to answer your question about the data, what you're going to be left with though is where all of your clients came from. And yes, I want you to pull out the referral sort, the clients that were referred to you, but you're still left with figuring out what's working in terms of actually sending business, actually sending prospects and clients to your business. So you'll know, wow, you know, I spend, I'm just going to make something up. Like I spend $500 printing and mailing direct mail pieces every single month. And when I look at where the last 100 of my clients have come from, not one mentions a direct mail piece but they are coming from this one networking event or this one networking group I'm a part of, or they are coming from this Facebook ad that I keep running that seems to have great results, or they were referred to me, or they happen to find my book through an Amazon search, right? Like you start paying attention to where people say they found you. And then it allows you to make better business decisions about where you should be spending your money to find more people. And maybe, you will, it will reveal to you, the data will reveal to you that that thousand dollars you spend on that sponsorship every year isn't netting you anything. So mm -hmm. is it time to maybe make the decision to put that thousand dollars elsewhere and not do the sponsorship again? I find that as, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we, if we allow ourselves to go too far deep into analysis paralysis, we never get out which means we keep making the same decisions over and over again because they're the easy ones to make. But when we're faced with some data that says, hey, you can look at this differently and test something new. I'm not saying throw everything out. I'm just saying when you have the data and it says, hey, you spend $1,000 on this and you've been doing it for five years and not one client's ever come from there. And you can't say that it's the indirect because you don't know, right? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you should just take that money and put it somewhere else for a year. And if you think it, everything will fall apart, well, then go back to it a year later. Right? Yeah, right or six months later like i think data gives us knowledge which i believe is the ultimate power to make decisions in our business and so when you go through this step yes for me i want to know who your referral sources are but the rest of what's left behind is data of where you should be spending your money and maybe you're getting clients from us from areas what we call sources you're getting clients from different sources that you're not paying any attention to and wow what a difference it could make if you paid attention to them and started actually trying to put money there to get more clients like the clients have come before absolutely and you mentioned um eloquently about there are two types of referral sources one of them being a client and one of them being a center of influence and i like to kind of break down each, if that's okay, not necessarily uh -huh. descriptions of what they are, because it's very clear and obvious, but more so, how can we take a client and get a referral from them? How can we take a center of influence and get a referral from them? I, I'd love to have some type of tangible um, thing that we can all use and apply to our business today. So I think out of the two, we'll start with the centers of influence, because I think that could probably be uh, and we'll do clients after that. So for centers of influence, um, what are some ways that you would recommend in order to 
either ask for a referral or creative ways to get them to refer us to their audience, to their network, et cetera? So I think how you just position that question is really key to how I'm going to answer it. Your initial gut response was, okay, we've got clients, we've got centers of influence, and we know we can get referrals from them. So how are we going to do that? And then you were like, so how do we ask? Right. It's almost that knee jerk reaction we have is like, hey, I want to get a referral from, you know, the guy down the street that I know comes across my ideal client. Right. He's not a client of mine, but he comes across my ideal client and I want him to refer me to people that he knows. Our initial gut reaction, because it's all we've been taught for decades is how do I ask? And what the research shows and the human dynamic and the psychology behind how a referral actually works is when you ask, you actually shortchange the ability to generate referrals, you kind of cut it off at the knees and you start commoditizing your relationship with mm -hmm. that person. So when we're thinking You're right. about- That's actually a good point. I mean, I don't mean to cut you off, but it's actually yeah. a really good point that uh, my, I've been ingrained into my DNA to think, well, in order to obtain a referral is the only way to do so is to ask. And so what you've been taught is the prospecting or the marketing mentality to referrals. So we all have a sales strategy in our company. We have prospecting activities that we do with a short-term mentality of, hey, I'm going to go to this networking event or make these 40 cold call dials and someone's going to tell me out of those opportunities, they want to meet with me to talk about maybe becoming a client, right? So we have prospecting activities we do and then we have marketing activities we do, SEO, our online website, maybe thought leadership, article postings. And we know long-term, we don't expect it short-term like going to a networking event or cold calls that will generate people interested in our business. So when you hear advice like ask or pay for your referrals, it's because they're teaching it from a prospecting mentality, short-term fix, go for the kill, get that referral. When you hear make it promotional or gimmicky, like put in your email signature, the greatest compliment you can give me is a referral. I mean, no duh, right? First of all, mm -hmm. but I won't go on that soapbox. But that's making it over promotion or gimmicky. It's sticking it within the marketing plan within our business. So we have a prospecting plan. We have a marketing plan. And I think those are great. I have them and you need to keep them. But referrals don't fit there. Referrals fit in its own third plan, which is actually a referral plan because referrals are focused on relationships with your referral sources. So in prospecting mode and marketing mode, I'm talking to the prospect. I'm picking up the phone and making a cold call to a potential prospect, right? I am going to a networking event to meet a potential prospect. I am marketing through my SEO to a potential prospect. In the referral plan mode, you're not talking to the prospect. Your language has to be different. How you protect the relationship has to be different because what you're doing is talking to the referral source. That's who you're talking to in referral mode. And you know what? What matters more than anything is that it's not about you anymore. The minute you're no longer talking to the prospect, right, it's about the referral source. It's not about you and it's not about the prospect. It's about your relationship with the referral source. So when you're faced with a center of influence that you really want to give you referrals, right now there's a, actually a process I teach that allows people to like stay on top of this because turning someone who's not a referral source into a referral source is going to take some time. You can't do it in one meeting. You can't do it with one conversation. You can't do it with one card you think you're going to mail. It's a process. And so we have to have some specific kind of touch points for those people so that we can plant referral seeds to get them to think about us in a way from a referral perspective. But we're never asking, we're never paying, and we're never commoditizing that relationship or being promotional or gimmicky because then they won't want to do it. So we yeah. have to kind of come at it from like a little, like it had to come at it from a different angle from that perspective. And so when you're faced with a center of influence, you're like, wow, they know everybody that I should be working with. They know all my ideal clients. The number one thing you have to know, right? So tactical, practical, something for you to implement right away. I mean, it's not the actual entire process. It's the objective though of the process, which mm -hmm. is make it about them. So, what you do has to be about them and serving them because the minute somebody does something nice for you, Jonathan, I mean, so you can answer this question, Jonathan, the minute somebody does something nice for you, how does it make you feel about them? Well, yeah. Well, so that actually brings something that's popping into my head is buying the referral. And what I mean by that is, is it okay to buy something for somebody, gift something for somebody in order to inevitably one day ask for the referral? Because to your point and to your question, 
I know it was rhetorical and I'm adding on to it, but by saying buying a gift card to like, um, you know, to Starbucks, for example, I, I feel much differently about that person because they're like, wow, you know, they're investing in me and they're appreciative and uh, I'm very grateful. And, and now I feel some type of way or indebted to some degree to help that person out because they invested in me. Do you think it's right to actually, I don't know what the right terminology that I should be using is, but essentially gifting in order to one day ask? No. So here's the thing. I want you to remove asking for referrals completely from your vocabulary. I'm never going to teach you to ask. I'm never going to teach you to try to like warm up a relationship to potentially manipulate that relationship by asking for referrals. Mm -hmm. What I would tell you to do is, and so the other thing is I would never tell you to incentivize or pay somebody for a referral right now. If they give you one, can you surprise and delight them with a thank you? And maybe that is a Starbucks gift card. Sure. But I have lots of people who go through my growth by referrals program that that's not going to work in their budget. So you know, you have to be able to, to know what to do so that it fits within your budget because most people can't be buying gifts every time somebody gives them a referral, depending on how much that referral is worth, right? Well, I was actually talking about the centers of influence. The same thing, same thing, getting referrals okay. from them. Like it doesn't matter whether this is clients or centers of influence. It's, it's the same. We actually treat them the same. We can do a little less for our clients because we're working with them, right? And so they, they are obviously around us more often or at least in communication with us or hearing from us more often, but it's the same thing, right? You, this is the mindset I needed to have a shift in. And the mindset is, is that I, I know ultimately at the end of the day, I do want to get referrals from these people, but that is not the objective I'm walking in the door with, right? Mm -hmm. I get that it's the end goal, right? But it's not the objective and it's not the mindset and it's not um, what I'm walking into that relationship with. I'm not going to like, hey, let me give you some bunch of gift cards. Thanks for being a center of influence when they've actually done nothing. Like all of a sudden I know you're up to something. We're not stupid, right? I mean, that's why I tell folks, it's like our, our spidey sense like kind of goes off all the time. We're like, something's not right here. But if you did something for them right now, maybe it is a gift card because you know they're dying to go to X restaurant and you just decide to hook them up with it. I mean, maybe, but you can't feel like they're receiving it and they're like, wow, I, why am I getting this? This is kind of weird. I don't actually ever start my process when I'm teaching people how to turn clients and referral sources or just basically contacts into referral sources. So they're not referring you when you want them to be. The process I teach is, does not include you buying them, right? So that you feel like you then on the back end have the right to ask for that referral. What I'm gonna teach you to do is how can you make it about them, right? Mm -hmm. How can you, maybe it's just taking them to lunch and talking about their business and figuring out what their pain points are. And then maybe trying to help them solve one of those problems by recommending a book, right? Or taking them to a networking event coming up that's on the topic, that speaker is on the topic of something they need help with. Like it's pouring into them because you actually care about them and you want to see them be successful. And if you can't come at it from this perspective, the process doesn't work. There is a genuineness and an authenticity that you have to have for this to work. And so it's you taking care of others because we know when we take care of others, it always comes back to us. Maybe not one-to-one, -one, right? But it always comes back to us. And when we start taking care of people and they're like, wow, Jonathan really cares about me. And it's not after anything, right? And then we can start planting referral seeds. So they start thinking about you from a referral perspective, which is not asking. Planting a referral seed is not asking for a referral. It's just, you know, it's, it's how you answer some questions. It's how you talk about your business, but it's planting those referral seeds so that they subconsciously start thinking about you that way. They're already remembering you because you're caring about them. It's no different than when you go to coffee with a stranger and you really hit it off, right? Like somebody in your network introduced you to somebody else and you go have coffee and you really hit it off and you're like, wow, I really like them. I enjoyed that conversation. I'd like to have coffee with them again in the future and see how their world is going. And then something comes along three days later and you're like, I should tell them about that. They would really appreciate it. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about because when we are willing to do something for others and not really expect anything in return, particularly in the short term, that is when strong relationships start to, build, to be built. And yeah. once someone feels like, wow, Jonathan really cares about me, we can't help it. It's how we were designed to start figuring out, okay, how do I help Jonathan? 
And we don't yeah. sit there and be like, wow, Jonathan has taken great care of me. Now, how do I help Jonathan? It's happening in our subconscious of how our brains work and how we want to help other people. It's like we all have the parts of our brain that like light up when we get to help somebody else, right? And so we start looking for those opportunities and we don't always even know that we're doing it. What I'm teaching people to do is, is how do you do that and stay authentic in the process, but make it a process so you don't go six months without talking to that potential referral source, that potential COI who could be referring you. Could you go six months without talking to them and they've forgotten about you? You don't exist anymore because they're busy with their own lives the way that you are. And so it's just a process to kind of stay in front of them in a very normal, non-creepy, salesy way where you're trying to like take care of them in any way you can. And not every conversation results in you knowing how to take care of them, but that's the ultimate goal that we're after. So when I say I'm a contrarian to the, all the advice that's out there, not asking, not paying or incentivizing, right? Or giving gift cards and things like that in advance of anything and not being overly promotional or gimmicky, right? When I'm teaching that, it's, it literally is a 180 for most people in terms of what they've always thought and believed of how we do trigger referrals. And what I'm saying is you trigger referrals based on relationships. People who are willing to put their reputation on the line and refer you to somebody else, they're putting their reputation on the line because you're, the, you're their friend that has a problem and they're going to tell you to go use this other person. They're not doing that because you bought them a bunch of gift cards. They're doing it because they trust you to solve their friend's problem and they're putting their reputation on the line for that. And that only happens when you have a relationship with them. Yeah, absolutely. And that's extremely well said. I, something, I have a couple of questions that come to mind, two of which are revolving referral seeds. The other one is about just the internet as a whole. Um, you talked in, in detail about, I guess, meeting them for coffee or, um, or going to a networking event. You mentioned a couple of times, a lot of the listeners today are more so along the lines of, yes, you know, obviously there's a strong amount of people that are able to do that and have businesses where it's, uh, very personal and meaning, but there's also the other side of like online based businesses where they don't actually meet their customers. And so finding that balance of like, how do you make somebody like you without ever, without ever meeting them, I think is an incredibly psychological struggle at some point in time. So I'd love to hear your thoughts behind the balance of in-person versus internet-based relationships and how to obtain referrals from, from them. Yeah. So it's interesting. There is just as many students who go through my growth by referrals program, whose referral sources or potential referral sources, whether that's clients or centers of influence that are not local as many clients who go through the program where their referral sources are local. So obviously, and my business used to be all local. And then over time, my business has shifted. You know, I've got students in my program from seven different countries. So obviously I am not having ongoing conversations, right? Um, with people all the time when you know, they're like in Australia or New Zealand or Germany or wherever or Canada. So I think that it's the same concept and the way that I teach it is it's the same concept of when you've got someone local versus not local. It's just your delivery method looks a little bit different. Yes. Is, let's just be honest. If your referral sources are local, is it easy to grab coffee or lunch with somebody and really have that quality time face-to-face, one-on-one interaction? Of course, right? That will make it easier. But you can take the same concept of that and apply it in an off, in, in kind of like an offline right, way when your contacts are online. So now my referral sources and the plan that I create to be memorable and meaningful and to stay top of mind and to plant referral seeds with my referral sources, I have to do things that keep me elevated at a level where I can't take them to coffee because they're not local, they're not here in town. And so you can always adjust what you do. It's just usually how you're going to do it. So when people are, when I'm like, well, you, you need to be having conversations with these people. You know, some of the best conversations I have with my referral sources happen over Facebook Messenger. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I see something or they see something or something funny happens and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'll never forget. You'll never believe it. This just happened, right? I have, um, actually, it's funny. I have, you know, one of my best referral sources it's actually a podcast host, like just like you, Jonathan, right? Had me on his show. He's a podcast host. 
we hit it off right in the pre-recording and the, then of course in the recording he felt like you know I, I did a really good job I think that matters right then be like thank you for making the podcast sound good um, and so we just kind of kept in touch and after like just that keeping in touch, what kind of happened like, hey, your podcast episode is live and you know, all those kind of things happened. Well, he and I just had a connection. We just did. I don't have it with everybody, right? But we just did and we stayed in touch. And sometimes like he was, he asked me for something and I Facebook messaged him about it. And then like later he got back to me. He's like, I'm so sorry. I was in a car accident. I was like, oh my gosh, right? So like, what can I do? Like, can I send you a care package? Like, how can I help? I mean, obviously he has a wife and kids and he doesn't like need my help, but I wanted to show him support right? And so there's things you can do that build those relationships, even when, you know, I just, I've known him since 2017. I just met him last week when I was in Baltimore and he pulled together a group of attorneys because that's his target market for his podcast. And I gave a presentation for his folks for free, which I almost never do because he's one of my referral sources. And it was easy for him to bring together people. And I came and spoke for free. And he was like, this was great because he got to see his fans and the other attorneys that are part of his network. And th that happened to be local. Obviously the people from wherever we are couldn't come, but I made it a point to do that while I was there. So I teach thinking about it differently when you can't go grab coffee, what can you do? Can you hop on Skype? Can you hop on Facebook Messenger? You know, can you make sure that you are continuing to have those relationships with people? And I teach a process that makes this make sense in terms of, well, how often and how much and what should this look like? Because people get very up in their heads about what this should look like. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's not that complicated. But we do get up in our heads when we don't know what it's supposed to look like. And so it's finding someone that you connect with that you also like, it's great. And who I'm talking about this guy's name is Neil. It's great that Neil also happened to be a great target market for me because attorneys, they're not the only people who come into my program, but they are a source of folks who come into my program. And he runs an attorney-based podcast and is an attorney himself. And so guess that worked out really well, but he and I actually get along really well and we look mm -hmm. out for each other's businesses. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes us valuable to each other. And that's what makes our friendship. And so when an opportunity comes along, He's of course sending people my way. And of course, when I ever have an opportunity to help him out, like he's like, Hey, how would you do this? I'm like, Oh, I've got some thoughts. Like I give my advice freely. Like it's amazing what you can do and not have to do it feeling like you're trying to do it every week or every month that can form a relationship, but you just do have to spend some time having conversations with these people and face to face doesn't, isn't the only way. Sometimes those back and forth over Facebook messenger or getting on Skype or whatever, are just as powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And to that, um, it definitely can be. I, I have always, see, I have seen that there is like a, um, I guess a drop off, so to speak. And this is just more so like a, a personal experience from when somebody, when you talk to somebody, then to drop, then there's the drop off, like the lull period of like no talking and then it comes back to talking again, usually when you want something, when either of the parties both want something. Um, have you, is that relatively common in the world of like online based businesses or just relationships in general? Um, and I guess this probably leads to the question of like a referral seed, because I feel like if you're able to plant those seeds within that individual, within that that initial conversation, that beginning, that foundation of a relationship, you could really start to grow it. And I feel like the, the seeds that are initially implanted or what you so believe is a seed isn't actually the seed that, that will inevitably grow. Does that make sense? It does. So let me, answer, let me answer the first part of that question first, and then we can talk about referral seeds. So the interesting thing about it is if you think about it, I think a lot of people have hangups over when these people aren't local, I'll never see them. The truth is we don't see the people who live around the corner from us mm -hmm. all that often either. We have to make an effort regardless if they're local or if they're long distance, we still have to make an effort to maintain the conversation. And yes, you know, when you're starting to, to start some relationships to kind of figure out if someone could become a referral source, you don't need to come on too strong, but that's weird. You're going to get put like in stalker category <laughs> super fast, but it's, it is, what I teach is the process so that you don't go six months without like thinking, is there something I could do to move this relationship forward? Because at the end of the day, what I want you to have is relationships with people who have the potential to refer you, because then I now know we're in position 
to be able to receive referrals if we know how to do a few things specific. And one of those things that you're talking about is what we've mentioned is the idea of knowing how to plant referral seeds. So to that point, yes, I think relationships ebb and flow. I think we go and have coffee with somebody or we have a direct message conversation with somebody and then all of a sudden we don't talk to them for six months and then a flurry of activity happens, right? And we're like reconnected in some way, shape or form or someone does something for you, you don't expect and like you re-engage in that relationship. And so I think that continues to happen and always will happen. And I think that it's okay that it's not like you're trying to be very regimented about what this looks like. But if you know someone can be a referral source, the worst thing you can do is go a year without at least having some level of top of mind awareness with them. And so that's all I'm saying in terms of what it looks like. How you deliver on that will look different based on each person. Like some people hate getting together one-on-one -on -one and all their referral sources are local. Well, we can do other things, right? We don't have to do face-to-face. -face. It's like the person saying the only way to get referrals is to give gifts. That's not true because face-to-face works too. Like there's lots of different ways you know, that I teach from that regard of how people can maintain those relationships. But to your point, the thing we're looking to do when we're building those relationships and we are taking care of people and we do actually care, we are being genuine and authentic and we do appreciate having them a part of our network and we obviously appreciate them when they start referring us is that we do need to know how to use particular and specific language so that we have the opportunity to plant referral seeds. And so I always tell folks, you know, when you're meeting, so let's go back to that example you used about, okay, there's a, you know, a guy down the street, a center of influence, and I want them to refer me. Well, when you get together, either over Facebook Messenger or Instagram, right, Messenger, or you get together for coffee, there's one question that pretty much always is going to be asked, which is how's business? Mm-hmm. That question is always asked because it's two business people talking about business. Now, if I were getting together with a mom from our school, right, we may get together and she may not say, how's business to me? She may, if she knows that I work, um, but she may not say that. So I'm, you may go to a neighbor's house and they may never ask you how business is, but they may say, why aren't you cutting your grass, right? I mean, <laughs> so there's, it depends on the situation you're in, but when you're meeting with a center of influence for coffee or, or over Facebook Messenger, at some point they're going to say, how are you? How's business? Most people answer that question with, it's great, mm -hmm. or it's good, or let's be honest, Jonathan, if sometimes if we're being really honest, we may be like, yeah, not as great as it could be, right? <laughs> I mean, but we're, regardless, we use very flippant responses. It's great. It's good. Thanks for asking. Those aren't the responses I want you using. The response I want you using in an opportunity like that is to actually plan a referral seed, which is to say something like, so let's just pretend Jonathan, you and I are meeting, right? And you ask me, hey, Stacy, how's business? I don't want to say it's great. What I want to say is, Jonathan, thanks for asking. Actually, you know, I just brought on three new clients last week and they were all referred to me by people that I know, or they were all referred to me by my clients. And it's just so great to receive referrals right, from people who trust me. Don't you agree? Hmm. So now, first of all, I cannot lie because that's just wrong. If I didn't onboard three new clients last week or receive three prospects last week that were by referrals, that's not the language you use. You use something else like, oh, you know, I was looking at my business and it looks like, you know, like 50% of my clients I've been starting to work with this year were all referred to me, right? You have to figure out the data so that it works, your response works well, right? Or someone was recently referred to me. So that's great. It's so much fun to get a referral. Don't you agree? And the idea there is, is you need to be truthful, right? But you can define, I guess, recently, however you want. But from that perspective, when somebody says, how's business, you need to plant the referral seed and tell them that you've been receiving referrals and then try to engage them in a conversation about how awesome referrals are. Now, at the end of that conversation, when you're like, don't you agree, Jonathan, referrals are great. And you're like, oh, Stacy, oh my gosh, they are, they're awesome. I got one recently. It was the best client I ever worked with. Oh my goodness. And then if the conversation stops, then you just move on and talk about business or other things or contacts or what's going on in the economy or whatever your conversation would normally do. You don't belabor the point and you don't say, hey, by the way, since you think referrals are great and I think referrals are great, why don't you send me some? Mm. Right? You don't do that. Yeah. You just plant the seed and like any seed we plant, it may fall on fertile ground and it may fall on concrete and go nowhere but we won't know until we try, until we see what the conversation is that we have with that person. And if that's per someone that we wanna turn into a referral source, right? 
then at that end of the day, we know that we have a process. We're going to keep kind of staying top of mind with them, developing that relationship, continuing to plant referral seeds until they actually do refer us. And people are like, does it really work that way? And I'm like, yes, it really works that way. And they start referring you. And then I want you to drop them into your referral plan, right? So, and then you have a way to take care of them because they are referring you. Yeah. So it's that idea of understanding like how we plant referral seeds. There are so many ways. I mean, there are like dozens and dozens and dozens of scripts and pointers and cues and things like that, that I talk about inside my program in terms of what this looks like and becoming a referral ninja master, which is what I refer to as my top level students who go through the program and really understand how to create a referral explosion in their business and have success. Hopefully more than just one year, they're doing it. Like I've got somebody who's on their fifth year in my program and they had their best year yet last year, but every year they've hit their goal of referral received and last year they almost doubled it. So, and everybody's goal is different. It depends on your capacity and what you do for a living. But the idea there is, is that that referral ninja master level, the language piece is something is just a part of you because you've learned it and you've practiced it and you've done it. And now you're like, oh, I get it. So it doesn't feel awkward to be like, oh, Jonathan, thanks for asking me how business is. I was referred three people last week. Like, you don't sound like a robot. Mm -hmm. Sound like you're having a conversation. But that's just one practical, tactical way for people to implement a seed. It's, you can do it tomorrow. You're having a conversation or today, right? Having a conversation with somebody and they say, how's business? Just if it's real, if it's true, toss it in there. Hey, yeah, business is great. Thanks so much. I've gotten some new clients recently by referrals and that is truly the best way to get a new client. Don't you think getting a new client by referral and then see what happens and then decide, is this someone I want to maintain a conversation with and an ongoing relationship with that could potentially refer me? Nothing happens overnight though. There is no silver bullet in this. This isn't the latest and greatest social media fad that you can just jump into. Um, this is something you're actually going to have to do. And the truth is anything that works, whether it is social media, whether it is referrals, whether it is cold calling, whatever it is, it works because you work it and you work it over time. I think it could be relatively awkward in the very beginning of you training your mind and your body uh, in order to, to do something like this. <laughs> but I think, I think it works. I, I, I can say in full transparency and confidence, and this is from myself, and I actually just had this conversation the other day, uh, in addition to talking to others um, and asking the question, I think one of the, the, the worst answers that I consistently hear is how's business or what are you up to? And there's always these cookie cutter responses. So I think this is an absolute incredible reminder. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. So in order for everybody to learn a little bit more about you, about um, a little bit more about your journey, um, what are some ways that people can find you, be a part of your story, et cetera? Yeah, that'd be great. So my home base is my website, stacybrownrandall.com. And Stacy is spelled with an E, it gets everybody. Um, but stacybrownrandall.com is my home base. You can find, you can get, you can download a free chapter of my book, Generating Business Referrals Without Asking. Of course, you can also buy the book. It's available on Amazon or wherever the book is sold. It's called Generating Business Referrals Without Asking. You can subscribe to my podcast, uh, Roadmap to Grow Your Business. Those are some easy places. Reading my book, subscribing to my podcast. The other one I would say, though, of course, I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram and definitely connect with me and follow me. That'd be great. I have a free Facebook group called Referrals Without Asking where I'm basically teaching some of this stuff on an ongoing basis and people are asking questions when they're just starting their journey to understand referrals. This is long before they're going to decide maybe if they want to join my Growth by Referrals program. Um, but the best place to start, if you really want to know how good am I right now at generating referrals, the way that Stacy teaches it, is to actually go to stacybrownrandall.com forward slash quiz. So you're going to take the referral ninja quiz. It's a free quiz. It's nine questions. It'll take you two minutes at best. Um, and it'll actually tell you what level of a referral ninja you are. And it's going to put you at the beginner level, the end training level, or the master level. And then, of course, there's resources provided to you depending on what level you are so that you can decide, okay, I'm a beginner. 
Like what's this journey look like to become a master? What are the things I need to start doing within my business? So that referral ninja quiz is typically the best place to start. But of course, with my book and my podcast, and then of course there's articles on my website, there's lots of information available. I can say that whoever designed your website and the thought that went into it, I think it is absolutely incredible. I think every time that you go through, and, and this is just me as a user and a, and a fan of just UX, UI, and, and quality SEO and content, um, and I recommend everybody that's listening to go on the website too, which will be linked in the show notes, but every page on this entire website has some variation of a call to action and it's littered all over throughout the website not in a bad way but in like the best possible way where it's still really good content but it's still obviously there where it's like hey um i'm here and i need you to you know if you like this download it and then they i'm I'm going to assume that they're built in, they're automatically added into the ecosystem of, of your brand, right? They are. And thank you so much for saying that. I spent a mini fortune last year redoing the website. And I think sometimes we put things out there with the best of intentions and thought, and then we're like, yeah, but how will the person who's, who doesn't know me, who lands on it for the first time, how will they feel? And so I cannot thank you enough, Jonathan, for that feedback, because it is so, so nice to hear. I worked, we worked really hard on it. Um, and I try to be as accessible as possible and try to give away as much information as I can, because here's the thing, we didn't talk about this. and I know we're out of time, but we didn't talk about this, but I believe like in my past, the reason why I teach what I teach right now is because I had a business, an HR consulting firm, like way back in like 2009, 10, 11, 12, that actually failed. Mm -hmm. And I believe that if I had my referral strategy back then, that business would not have failed. I don't mm -hmm. think I would have continued that business forever because I fell out of love with it, but it failed probably before it should have and before it actually ever made anything of itself. And so I think when you have a business failure in your background, you're like, oh my gosh, who can I save from going through that? Because it's awful. Mm -hmm. And so I think that really drives, and I'm so glad to know that comes through um, with what I'm like putting out there is like, hey, I want to put this information into your hands. And like 90% of it like is out there, it's free, right? I mean, like, it's only if you're ready to take the next step that you need to actually like invest in my programs or whatever. But I do think that's so important for, and I appreciate that feedback is that I want to help people succeed. I don't want people to go through what I went through. Absolutely. Uh, I love it. I love your story. And, and again, textbook. So if you ever want to learn more about how to create referrals, obviously head over to stacybrownrandall.com. But if you ever just want to know how to textbook create a website that generates leads, uh, head over to that one as well. <laughs> Stacy, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It was an absolute honor getting to know you today. You've been listening to Blind Entrepreneurship brought to you by Penji. Our guest this week was Stacy Brown Randall. All right, listeners, I'm sending a worldwide challenge this week. I'd love for you to find a way to incorporate a better referral strategy into your business. I'll be perfectly honest. It is a great way to grow your business, as you probably have heard. And I think it's something that you should be putting on the very tippy top of your list of things to do. And when you do, tweet me at KrasbowskiJ or head over to tbeshow.com and drop a comment on this week's episode. You can find more about Stacy at stacybrownrandall.com, just like you uh, think you would say it and, and spell it, um, S-T-A-C-E-Y Brown Randall, R-A-N-D-A-L-L.com. And uh, you can also download the book uh, and buy the book if you so choose. It is all in the show notes. And as for us here, you can check us out at penji.co if you're in need of on-demand graphic design for your business at one flat monthly rate. Um, and again, head over to tveshow.com and drop a comment if you enjoyed this episode. It's the only way that we can cure blindness in business. Go out there and execute your vision, everybody. Have a great rest of your day.